Hello and welcome to episode 1240 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, December 18th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Have you been traded by the Braves? I have not. Well, if they pick you up, they're probably going to dump you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's you know, pretty uh, <laughs> part of the course at this point. Yeah. They get a guy like, well, where are they going to fit? On another team because they're just going to flip <laughs> them. They actually couldn't get that done with Matt Carpenter, so he was cut. But uh, that's the closest thing to news from over the weekend. So we're going to dive right back into second base. And we're not going to have a real preamble here because uh, it is Monday. You got your chat coming up and I want to get to all these today. So let's dive right in. We last left off with Luis Arise. He was in his own special tier. So that was kind of a perfect cutoff, to be honest. You know, he's such a unique player. We talked about how you want to draft him if you're going to. And we basically both said that you probably shouldn't. We don't really want to. Uh, but let's get into the next group here. It's a group of solid veterans, right? And so they they do different things, but because they've all been around for a decent bit, you kind of know what you're going to get. Uh, we got these seven guys here. It's a little bit of a what you see is what you get. And the prices vary a, a decent bit from top to bottom. We got Cattell Marte at ADP 124, Tyro Estrada 148, Jonathan India 193, Ryan McMahon, 221, Brandon Drury, 237, Brandon Lau, 269, Jorge Polanco, 272, and Luis Renjifo, 275. So we're going at 150 pick range here, but I'm, I'm grouping them all together because they are the veterans. I'm not going to make you pick your favorite because, again, it's a huge group, and I do want to get into all of them. Let's start with the most expensive guy. By far, it is Cattell Marte. He quietly kind of got back on track last year. Not uh, Back on track is kind of an unfair way to put it, too, because he's not really he bad. stayed on the field but exactly exactly like 2022 you got 558 plate appearances 12 homers five steals 240 i guess it is getting back on track that was a disappointing year but uh 25 homers a big spike back up from 2019 when he hit 32 we hadn't seen that part of it was health like you said played 150 150 games 650 plate appearances ripped 25 bombs still only eight steals i mean this guy he, he doesn't run he has decent speed even still at 29 it's never really been Cattell Marte's thing, but his batting average bounced back up to 276, 82 ribbies, 94 runs, and of course that big playoff run with the D-backs during which he was excellent. Cattell Marte at pick 124, are you back in at that price? Are you a little nervous given that this is only the second 150-game season we've seen from the will-be 30-year-old going into the season? I'm okay with that price. Uh, I mean, he's pretty much had two you know, healthy-ish seasons in a row. Yeah, and, pretty healthy yeah, I mean, in 22. Yeah, I mean, he only played, what, 137 games in, in 22. But, um, I mean, that's great for him. Like, yeah. if, if you could guarantee me 137 games, you know, 550, 550 plate appearances, uh, I think I'd be okay with that. Uh, the problem for me is he's kind of in this no-man's land in terms of ADP where... I'm probably just never picking him there. I'm probably Same. just going to wait until the rest of the guys. Uh, yep. You know, I don't, you know, in years past, I've had really, really strong feelings about not wanting to draft Kettle Marte because of his injury profile. But this will be the, you know, first year where he's finished on the field healthy. Um, and the price has gone back up to a point where like, uh, I'm just not super excited to draft him. I don't think there's anything wrong with skills. Skills are great. Um, I, you know, I kind of believe in what we saw and he is on a team that is getting better and better. So uh, there's nothing wrong with drafting Kettle Marte. I just don't think I will be doing it unless he drops, you know, 
30, 40 picks in a draft. Yeah, and I just don't really see that. In fact, there are times that Marte goes inside the top 100, given his range. You know, he also played 17 extra games in October, and you can almost make a case, well, like, now you're a bit more nervous. It's 167 games. Is he going to break down now after that? I don't know. Right. Or maybe he goes Ian Kinsler on us and finds health in his in his late 20s, early 30s after having some uh, injury issues early in his career. That's what we what we saw with Kinsler. He became an Iron Man. And maybe that'll be the fate for Marte. But you're kind of paying for it, like you said. And so I'm with you. I think I'm kind of passing at that price, even though I don't think people that do take him are completely out of pocket. Let's go to a guy that I got. I got wrong last year. I just a really. Didn't buy the Tyro Estrada experience. I was like, fade, fade, fade. And he goes 14-23. Basically exactly what he did the year before. And he needed 11 fewer plate appearances and 20 fewer games to do it. He also added 11 points to his batting average. So I was colossal, colossally wrong on Tyro Estrada. 271 average, 14 homers, 23 steals. Only 63 runs. That's more a product of y'all's team. 49 ribs, same thing uh, than, than anything that he didn't do. But now this is two great years in a row from Tyro Estrada. This year, you got to pay a bit more at pick 141. Uh, are you down for that with Tyro Estrada? Or one, I said 148. By the way, we're going to be going off of a more recent ADP that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. These numbers were written on Friday and I didn't want to go update them so if there's a big discrepancy we'll say oh this guy's been up over the last few weeks but go ahead with Tyler yeah, he, he's up to 141 um but uh i kind of feel the same way about estrada as i do uh marte which is uh like i'm fine with the price i don't think the price is egregious i don't think it's bad uh you know he's gonna play every day that he's healthy and he's dual eligible at second and short uh which is always nice uh the giants suck though and that Park sucks, and uh, the skills are fine. Skills are great, actually. You know, ninety-two percent zone contact is like elite. Uh, I I just don't think there's enough juice to go around for a guy like Estrada. And you know, who knows what a new manager is going to come in and do in terms of like where he hits in the lineup? Uh, maybe he you know hits fairly high, or maybe he's batting like seventh. And mm -hmm. he's in seventh on a team that is uh, as punchless as the Giants. That's going to be really ugly for his counting stats. So I'm, I, I just, I'm not enthused. Like, again, he's one of those guys, he dropped 30, 40 picks. Maybe I think about it. But honestly, I don't see like that much of a difference between Tyro Estrada and some of the other names that we're going to cover today. Absolutely. Especially in this particular tier as we get lower. Um, your boy Jonathan India at 193. You know, there's been talks about will he be traded? Won't he be traded? We don't know. He has a wide range at 161 as a, as a min, 223 as a max. We've talked a lot about Cincinnati and everything. Right now, we don't know if they're going to make a deal. So just operate as though everyone's still there. How does that make you feel about Jonathan India as a top 200 pick coming off of a uh, modest season where he battled some injuries? He was just kind of a league average bat with 17 homers and 14 steals. What do you think? I mean, I like the price on India, and that's like the best thing going for him because I'm I'm afraid of the pro or the afraid of the health profile, uh, and I'm also afraid of the playing time. Um, they have said that they're not looking to trade India, that they like that depth, but that doesn't mean especially with Candelario because right before they signed Candelario, there was a report like, oh, Jonathan India is going to play first. Um, now I don't think that's happening as much anymore. And mm -hmm. uh, 
I don't know what to do with it. I just at this point. understand that damn Candelario movie. I, I don't either. Like, I know there were people on, uh, you know, pe- people on Twitter, like, yelling at me, including our buddy Mike Curland. Like, oh, Candelario's going to be great in that park. It's like, it has nothing to do with That's not Candelario. Yes. Like, it has zero to do with Candelario and everything to do with what the hell the team is doing when they could be putting $45 million towards a pitcher and, exactly. and not $45 million towards a, you know, 30-something-year-old Heimer Candelario. So I don't get it. But yeah, as far as India goes, like, I think it's a good price. The problem is, for me, is, like, I just don't know, one, if he can stay upright. He's been injured, you know, a good amount in the last two, two straight years. years. Yeah. And two, even if he is healthy, is he playing every day? Because I think there's an argument to say nobody's playing every day. Uh, and you know, except for maybe Matt McLean. I think McLean um, and um, I think Ellie's going to get the opportunity to. I think Ellie could start the year in the minors. He could, but so like I, mean, I, I think at this point, like who plays short then though? McLean, and then you put India second. Oh yeah, I think India should should DH. I I think they should trade like three guys so we could just know what their lineup is. Every no. day, so. Can't trade three. You can't get rid of all the depth, but with the yeah. Candelario signing, they could now, I, I think they can more afford a move of somebody and maybe it's CES get something for him. But yeah, that Candelario move continues to perplex me. India, not a terrible price in the late uh, 100s there, but not somebody I'm necessarily chasing just because things are so muddy and his health profile. Um, let's jump down into the 200s then. I think Ryan McMahon might be a bit of a value down here at 221 in Colorado. I feel like he's just being a bit glossed over because of how wretched Colorado is in general. Now, I know a 240 average doesn't really get anybody going, um, but 23 homers, 70 ribs, 80 runs, you know, five chip and steals, who cares? I mean, he is pretty consistent for that outside of 2020, uh, where he stole, he was 0 for 1 in the 52 games. He had 5 and 19, 6 and 21, 7 and 22, and 5 last year. So, I mean, you are getting that little chip in 5 pretty consistently, but you're looking at 20, 20 and 75, and 75 is, is about what you're looking at with a 240 ish, 250 ish average, which I think is pretty fair down in the early 200s. Uh, ADP of 221 for Ryan McMahon. Do you think uh, he's a decent buy as a second, third base dual eligible guy? It's so weird. Like he had, he had a real degradation in terms of zone contact. Uh, 2022, uh, McMahon had. And I'm trying to find it now. Uh, had an 83% zone contact, which is, you know, maybe a little bit below league average, but close enough. Uh, 76% in 2023, um, which just seems really odd to have like that huge of a, jo- a drop. Because um, that that's getting down to like Galloian numbers. Um, you don't, you so. don't want to be matching him. Yeah. And anything uh, but raw power, maybe. Or walk rate, walk rate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, walk rate for sure, for sure. Um, and it, it's so like the two forty batting average. Like I don't think that's necessarily coming up, even though he lives in you know Babip heaven, uh, in in Colorado. He had a three twenty six Babip to get that two forty. Exactly, and you know, he's a career three fourteen guy. So what happened if he continues these kind of contact numbers? Like there's you know a potential three uh, two thirty batting average or 225 batting average in there and he doesn't have prodigious power where you're getting you know 
35 plus home runs or mm -hmm. potential for it. Like I think in a good season, you're looking maybe 26, 27 type thing. Uh, so I don't know. He's a guy that I've really liked in the past. Uh, not so interested anymore. Yeah. I think that's, that's not completely out of pocket. I actually took him in our gladiator with the second, third base eligibility. I actually took him ahead of ADP. So I, I wouldn't say I'm enamored with Ryan McMahon, but felt like the right guy at the time. Uh, it, it was a bit of a needs-based pick when I did take him. I think I'll get my my 20, 75, 75 with, uh, with the 245 average. That's fine. But the uh, there is, is some concerns. The 32% K rate, you know, that's another big jump. And uh, like you said, the swing and miss there, if it eats into any more of the BABIP, then we're really looking at some trouble with the average for me. Yeah, I think the problem with, and I, the reason why I understand, like, you making that move on McMahon is... Uh, when you get past McMahon, you start getting into some massive question marks. Like, we know McMahon's going to play every day. Like, that's yes. just, he's going to play. He's probably going to get, you know, low to mid-20s home runs, a 240-ish batting average, uh, you know, and, you know, some decent runs and RBIs. You start getting past McMahon, and you start going into playing time concerns uh, and or injury concerns or overall team construct concerns and uh and so i can understand him kind of being like the line of demarcation exactly and that's what it felt like there so i was like let me just get this guy who plays every single day in the best park in the universe maybe i get something better than what he's done if i just get another carbon copy i can live with that especially because playing time is so important in gladiators too so i do think just in a gladiator in general all else being equal mcmahon does move up a little bit in my book as is uh one of those one of those team construction concerns you probably have would be with brandon drury who um you know i generally like i, I became a fan you know with the breakout in cincinnati a couple years ago you know and i feel like last year was a pretty solid follow-up to that 26 homers and 83 ribbies and that's you know pretty darn good 262 average looked a lot like he looked like in 2022 now don't forget he spent a bunch of time in san diego kind of smoothing down his numbers after the cincy uh, explosion but ends up putting up a, a like i said a damn near carbon copy season should play every day with la but it's you know trout dreary and who else? Like Taylor Ward, if he stays healthy. Anthony Rendon, if he stays healthy. healthy. Can Mickey Moniak build on what he did last year? Is Logan O'Hoppy ready to roll? Is no one Are they Logan actually going to play Renhefo? Like, exactly. Know. We're going to get to Renhefo in a moment, too. So team construction, when you mentioned that, I thought of Drury right away yeah. because I do worry about that. But 237 seems like a pretty decent price. Uh, I think he's back down to – no, no, he still has dual eligibility, first and second. What do you think of Brandon Drury coming off of another solid season? I kind of like Drury. I think uh, why take Ryan McMahon when you can take Brandon Drury a little bit later? Um, that's fair. I, need, I needed the third base eligibility is, is the answer for me specifically. But that's fair. in, in general, um, I, I do agree. I take Drury first at one-to-one. -one. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, Drury is um, a fine little player. He's not going to do anything special. Uh, but he, you know, mid-20s home runs. Uh, he, he's probably going to bat towards the top-ish of the lineup, or at least the middle of the lineup. Certainly should. Because there's nobody else who can hit um, other than, you know, Mike Trout. Like, Taylor so. Ward. Taylor, it just has to stay healthy. Taylor Ward's skills, yeah. I think, are... At least uh, by August, not, there won't be anybody. Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I wouldn't say unimpeachable, but I would say pretty strong for Taylor Ward, but you just can't bank on him for health. He's going to be 30 years old. So it's a little toss up there. Let's, let's go into another Brandon then Brandon Lau, because he's a different case where I think if you want more of the stability of, of playing time and some guarantees there, you take Drury. But if you want to spike something big, you wait a couple rounds and you take Brandon Lau, whose price is actually falling a little bit because I had him at 269 here. And now when we look at the updated version, which is just over the last month of drafts, it's 12 drafts. 279. So we got Brandon Lau down here. I actually took him in the Gladiator as well. So I had I had uh, McMahon and Lau. I took him right around that ADP of 267 uh, at pick 267, I should say. We know health is the biggest issue, but he does have major health concerns that don't just evaporate with turning the calendar to a new season. So what do you think of Brandon Lowe, Lau? Excuse me. Um, is he ready to bounce back and, and do something big or is he just going to be upper 20s homers? 230, 240 something batting average. Is there anything there for Brandon Lau that you're chasing? I don't think so. Um, and like after like an episode last, uh, last episode where I was like raving about everybody, like we're now into the like, uh, I don't care about these guys. Um, like the, the injury issues are just too great for me. You know, he's had like chronic back issues. He's, uh, you know, he's coming off a knee issue. He's supposedly fully healed and ready to go. Um, but I, there's always something with, with Lau and like, he's also a guy that probably should be in a strict platoon. Um, and, uh, on the team that platoons the most. And I, I do wonder at what point, like he just can't get to 500 plate appearances because of his platoon issues, because of injuries. And I, I'm not drafting guys where I'm like, the ceiling is 500 plate appearances, at least not this early. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think the ceiling is more than that, but I understand the concerns for sure. I think what's working in Lau's favor with regards to a platoon is the the players behind him are really bad. Like I don't, I don't buy Taylor Walls to really jump in there and do a whole. You say lot. that, but Taylor Walls is great defensively. Yeah, but like which matters to the race. 75 WRC plus will wear thin quickly. And that's what he has for his career. So, you know, there's Brand, a push pull. I think Lau. they want Brandon Lau playing damn near daily as long as he's not putting up another 512 OPS against lefties like he did last year. He's 721 for his career. He's, you know, never really been good, but if he holds his own in the upper 600s, low 700s, I think they let him play more often than not. If his body holds up too, and that's the biggest issue. You underscored that at the outset. Health is a big concern, but that is why he's 269 and not, you know, 180 for Brandon Lyle. He has one season in his career where he's got more than 450 plate appearances. Yep. That's and it, it was that big 2021 season, 39.99. Damn, could, one away, a solo shot from mm -hmm. 4,100. And I got to be honest, as close as it is to that, 4,100 looks so much better on the sheet it does. than 3999. It's All the right, triple so Brandon, digits of the 100. Absolutely. Even more so than the 40, because even 3,900 would look so much hotter. It, it is that triple digit rollover. But 4,100 4, does feel better even than 3,900. 4,100 is hot. Yeah. Like that, you look at that and you're like, okay, this dude was a stud that year. Uh, Jorge Polanco. He probably has more name cachet than he does fantasy. And it, as you can tell by the price here, which I think is a pretty fair price. I don't really have a problem with uh, 270s, 280s for him. He's at 272 uh, on average. Problem is, 
is kind of bland when he delivers, but at least it's on a good team. So you're hoping that the runs and ribbies are pretty solid. He has his own bout of health issues, only played half the year last year, only 104 games the year before. So I think that's really pushing him down. His 2021, like Lau's, was quite nice with 31, 33 homers. He was also two ribbies short of 100. Come on, guys, just get to the 100. It makes you look so much cooler. But yeah, he hasn't really been the same since that big 2021 for Jorge, Jorge Polanco. Do you, do you still hold any love for him? Do you chase him at all? Um, um, at, at pick 270? Uh, I think everything I just said on Brandon Lau kind of applies to Polanco. Uh, With less upside on the skills, <laughs> in my the opinion. Upside, yeah, exactly. Uh, not to mention um, the the Twins are shopping him, um, yes. which tells me they don't want him as an everyday player. Correct. Um, and I think they want uh, to give uh, his teammate um uh eduardo julian uh or eduardo julian uh everyday playing time and so honestly i think he can already get that be, being being a dh or or even it. first base but then um i think they really want to see if willie castro some of the stuff that he did last year has some realness or even nick gordon i just think that they're done with polanco but obviously as they're paying him right now a decent sum uh you know ten and a half mil isn't crazy but i think he's going to get playing time unless they can move him. Ten and a half shouldn't be hard to move though. So if somebody does, you know, value him and, and thinks that they can play him at like a second base DH kind of half and half because he is a bad defender, they should have they should be able to move him if, if they're motivated enough. It has that feeling of like a, a keeper league where you uh someone in your league like keeps a player and you're like, huh. And they're and then like the immediately after the keeper deadline's like Hori Polanco's available available for deal. Yeah. And everybody's like, no, nobody wants Hori. No, why did you keep him? He's like, well, he was three dollars, right? Right. Yeah. He's like ten and a half exactly. mil. That's not expensive for Polanco. But at the same time, but now you're stuck with him. Exactly. And he blocks off and guys it, who could be better. A, it is a good amount of money for a guy who's gonna be a utility infielder. Yep. Yep. And and again, I'd rather just go Castro Gordon for the for the glove and see if their bat can match him, which I think in their best years they can easily match if not exceed him. So yeah, not so much in on Jorge Polanco. Used to be years ago, had some good times with Jorge Polanco um, when he was doing well, but now the health has just really become an issue. Uh, we mentioned Luis Renjifo and you said, well, are they going to play him? Right now we got him penciling in in the leadoff spot. I actually think Nolan Seanwell is going to going to be able to bat up there. I think they liked what he was able to do, at least with getting on base. But is Renjifo an everyday guy for them at second base? He comes at a pretty fair price of 275 if he's going to play. Obviously, that's the big question right now. Um, is Luis Renjifo somebody that you're willing to take the shot on in the uh, late 200s? Uh, one, he is quadruple eligible, which I love. I absolutely that's love. That's huge. Second, third, um, short outfield. I also like the skills for the most part like he makes decent contact um you know he can he's not you know a power hitter by any stretch of the imagination but like i think renhifo is one of those guys that like if given full-time playing time uh he could be a really valuable accumulator with multi-positional eligibility agreed uh, and the price on him 264 feels light uh now it's light because uh, the Angels hate him. Like, like he only gets playing time when everybody else is hurt. Like, in fairness, though, that happens every year, so, and that's why I'm willing to take the gamble because yeah. I don't think that's changing anytime soon. I no, mean, the they're not a healthier team in, in terms of worst organization in all of sports and keeping people healthy. Like, 
Like, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been a nightmare for them. So let, let's do a hypothetical here. Yeah. Early January, they come out and they say he's our everyday second base and we're going to bat him lead off some news like that. And we know that that stuff can be fleeting anyway, but let's say it comes out. Does that change Luis Renjifo's ADP tangibly? Do you think he would move up to say, I don't know, upper 200, like or low 200s in terms of the number? Do you think he would move inside the top 200? He's at 264 right now. I don't think um, it would. Like, I, I don't think it's going to move him that high. Like, it could move him up into, like, the Ryan McMahon, Brandon Drury area, which is, like, 225. That's a couple rounds. I'd be fine with that. And I think I would be totally fine with that. Like, I think that's okay. probably where, especially, especially when we're talking like this time of year, we're talking draft champions. Um, obviously, Gladiator, he can't move guys around. Um, he's mm -hmm. just, you know, in draft flexibility, I guess. Uh, but in, in draft champions, where you have these really, really deep rosters and you need to be able to cover, you know, you need to have three to four guys to cover every infield position plus 10 outfielders. Um, like, yeah, like I want Randy because he gives me a lot of roster flexibility. Yep. Uh, those of you who are like us, who like deeper leagues, roster flexibility, especially when injuries hit. Um, if you have, you know, shallow benches or shallow IL spots, like Randy can cover a lot of ground for you. And um, I'm willing to take the gamble that this is finally the year. I think, you know, obviously Otani leaving hurts the Angels. But what it does do for fantasy is give them the DH spot back to yep. get other guys there to give other guys like Renhifo full time playing time in the field. Yeah, because Rendon can maybe get some DH time to kind of protect his Jury body. Can, Jury can mix in there as well. Uh, Ward can mix in there. I believe Renhifo, you know, he qualifies the outfield. So all three of those guys he can play for. So they can DH. He goes and fills their spot, and maybe he eclipses that uh, 127 mark. He 127 games last year, 123 this past season for Renhifo. So we like him. The the quad eligibility is great. You know, eligibility with crap skills i still have some interest in in draft champions just for the movement so you have a body in but quad eligibility with some decent skills as a you know kind of a yeah. uh, average or slightly above average bat i'm very interested in that at pick 270 275. all right let's talk about a couple rising rookies you mentioned one of them earlier obviously they're going to be sophomores now but i wanted to get the uh, double r alliteration there nolan gorman a guy that we had talked about um you know pretty much as he's been emerging i think we had some decent thoughts to say about him last year i know he's a guy that we've we've discussed in the past i feel like his breakout kind of went under uh, under the radar this year he had uh, 27 homers in 119 games with 76 ribbies seven for nine on the bases uh 59 runs part of that, that that's mostly the playing time and the lack of you know maybe quality down at the bottom of the Cardinals lineup. Although that's not even that really. I think it's just the fact that he only played 464 plate appearances. Only hit 236, but I'll take all the rest of that with the batting average all day long. Is Nolan Gorman 30 plus homers waiting to happen here as a uh, at pick 187? Probably not. Um, oh, really? Hmm. I, I think so. I, for some reason, I thought you were a bigger Gorman fan too. I, I mean, I have been him. a bigger Gorman fan. I don't know. Um, so much swing and miss in the game, like just so much swing and miss. And like mm -hmm. he had a really hot start to the season, you know, 13 home runs, you know, uh, in uh, the month in total in the months of uh, uh, April and May, um, you know, 
And, you know, big July, he was atrocious in August. He got injured in September. Um, you know, I still worry that there are going to be platoon issues with Gorman. Uh, even though, I mean, for the most part, he actually hit lefties. You know, he two sixty. He was actually worse against yeah. righties. Like, believe, I, believe it or not, now no. tiny sample, eighty six plate appearances against lefties, but worth noting that he was better against them. Um, it was a small sample though because they were not using him a ton. Exactly. So, and I think that can continue. But man, you you showed twenty seven bombs. In 464 plate appearances at age 23, I mean that that gets me excited just in general. I, I yeah. feel like I feel like he could be the Brandon Lau. He can go 39.99, yeah, which is the new hotness. <laughs> I don't know about the 99 to be honest, because they'd have to bat him higher. But I really do think he can hit mid to upper 30s homers this year, 2024 for for Nolan Gorman. I'm pretty keen on him, and I think the price is fair to buy in on a. Uh, uh, on a rising study it isn't inside the top 200 you know you need him to do something for you but you still have wiggle room that if it ends up being like 20 homers with a 220 average of course that would be a negative on your draft price but it's not killing your season yeah. and i don't really see i mean of course it's in the cards anything can happen but i don't really see like a nine homer 174 average and get sent out type of season from him i, I know i can see that like I, see, I know the hard, swing and miss is there, but the, the, the ups the contact skills are atrocious. Um, but that's always been the case with him, and that's that's absolutely. a power guy in general. So I don't mm -hmm. know. I, I when he's on, he's on, right? You, you talked about the ups and downs with Nolan Gorman's month to month. When a guy like that he's is going, a really bad fielder. That's fine. That doesn't bother me at all. Brendan Donovan can play second. Yeah, he could DH. So mm. yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm, uh, I'm 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 a little tentative on it. I see why people draft him. Uh, and I mean, on that whole lineup, man, all the way down: Donovan, Goldschmidt, Newtbar, Arenado, Contreras, Gorman, Walker, Edmund, Mason. When I take any of them at their prices, yeah, because their lineup wasn't the problem. No, it no, was it the all their and, pitching, and they solved the pitching. Yeah, they did. Sign like going into a nursing home and just signing a bunch of guys. Well, and they're probably not done though. They'll probably get another one or two guys that are a little bit cut below those other guys, so they have some depth. A and yeah, bit cut below Kyle Gibson. I mean, that would be like Jordan Wiles, but like uh, more like Sonny Gray is what I was thinking, which I guess is Gibson and Lynn. But um, no, I I think you know as much as I don't want them to be because like why would I root I don't for Cardinals? Actually F don't the Cardinals. Think they will go and get anybody else. Because they've got two, you know, pretty good pitching prospects in the minors that are going to be ready at some point. I think they're going to try to tread water with these older guys. Hope that you know Gibson is, you know, pitches well like he did in Baltimore for a while. You know, Lynn returns to form, and then if if and when one of them fails, they're going to bring up a guy like Tink Hens. Yeah, I think they need one more who's a swingman though. I don't like the I don't like a decent bit of Steven their Matt. bullpen. What? Steven Matz. Steven Matz is in the rotation. Yeah, he's going to be a sweet man. Let's let's be honest. No, 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 no. Matt. They're going to sign one more starter who is who's had some bullpen, uh, you know, time in his career, so he can bounce back and forth. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's inconsequential. Let's move on. We don't okay. have enough time to debate the fiftieth pitcher on their team. Uh, Edward Julian was the guy that you had mentioned earlier, of course, when we were talking Minnesota. He's around pick two hundred one. He's the on base god. He's a little bit, uh, you know. 
more OBP league than regular league, but don't sleep on him in regular leagues because he still hit 263. It just came with a 381 OBP, 16 bombs and three steals in 109 games. We saw him in the fall league. We always talk about how it was kind of funny that he was in the home run derby because mm -hmm. he isn't like exquisite power, but a 195 ISO, I'll take it all day. 16% um, walk rate. We know what the skills are here, but I feel like he could score 100 runs batting every day atop this order in minnesota now i don't know if they're going to play him every day against lefties but i like edward julian and i don't mind the price at pick 201 what say you about julian who you had mentioned earlier as uh as someone to keep an eye on uh so he tends to just weirdly drop in drafts um especially I in agree. our gladiators um i think i've gotten him twice in the gladiator out of my three gladiator drafts uh because he just sits there forever like people there are a lot of people who just hate Edward Julian. I don't necessarily get why. Like racism, you think? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Starting that way on a Monday. Um he's Canadian. I mean, which isn't go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be funny. I guess there's like, you know, obviously, like he got some, you know, pretty good Babip luck, 371 Babip. Mm -hmm. Um I will say though that that's like the second lowest Babip he's ever had at any spot in his career. Because um, he smacks the piss out of the ball. When he decides yeah. to swing, right? Like when you own the plate that much, when he decides to swing, it's usually for good reason. He's one of these guys, Edward Julian, pay attention, folks, to um, his skills here. 31% K rate might scare you off a bit. And I, I grant that it's high, but it's a 10% swinging strike rate. A lot of his Ks are because of the depth of counts that he gets into, right? It's like how Joey Votto has a pretty decently high K rate in some of his seasons. Well, when you get in that many deep counts and you take that many walks, you're going to have some Ks. It doesn't mean you're up there flailing Javi Baez style. So don't overrate the 31% K rate in terms of uh, Julian's skills. I wouldn't make a skills uh mark i wouldn't put a negative mark on his skills based on the strikeout rate necessarily there are three star hitters i mean i you might you might debate whether they're stars or not or some of them are stars or not but there are three star hitters in major league baseball that have higher swinging strike rates than his o swing dick Julian. castellanos luis robert and Teoscar Hernandez all have higher swinging strike rates than Julian's O swing, which was 17.2%. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I would say, I would say star level on Castellanos, Teoscar, and who was the third? Uh, Luis uh, Robert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Th those are all stars to superstar level. And their swinging strike rate is higher than his, his O swing. O swing. Yeah. That's that, unbelievable. It's unreal. Like he has an unreal understanding of the strike zone. Um, there is power in that bat. Uh, I think the Twins want him to play every day and lead off Bingo. Uh, for this team. I love Julian this year. I understand why, you know, he is too passive at times, but like there's going to be a lot of runs scored. He's going to hit 20 plus home runs. Uh, I think the batting average will be in the 250 ish range. Uh, and, but there's going to be a ton, like those of you in on-base percentage leagues, he's going to be an on-base percentage god. Those Absolutely. of you in uh, in points leagues, I know we don't talk a lot of points league content, but like he could be a points league god because he never strikes out, he walks a ton, uh, and there's pop. There's going to be a ton of runs. Like I like Julian. I, I don't understand why other people are shying away from him so much, and I'm sure Huge I will Julian get fan. tweeted at for the reasons why, but please someone enlighten me to why everybody or not everybody a lot of people hate edward julian 
Yeah, I, I don't quite get it either. And again, I think maybe one thing is they're overrating that K rate as an indictment of who he is or combination of overrating the K rate and thinking that his Babbitt being 371 is just wholly unsustainable. Now, I don't usually go projecting somebody with that high of a Babbitt, but as you mentioned, that's his second lowest as a pro. Uh, his lowest was a 322 in high A. Again, he crushes the ball, 14% barrel. I just really, or 13%. I really, really like Edward Julian. Uh, we're big fans around pick 200, and he usually goes later. So if you want to yeah. kind of bypass that ADP and wait another round or two, you got a good chance of still getting him unless you're in a draft with one of us. Let's talk some batting average oases, oases, oasi. I don't know. I actually, no, I do know. I looked it up, but that is the plural of oasis is O-A-S-E-S, -S, oasis. I love how you Which, looked that up. I, well, I was like, because that just sounds like Oasis, except you place mm -hmm. the replace the I with an E. I like Oasi, O-A-S-I-I. -I. I, I think too. that's what it should be, to be honest. But anyway, I'm not here to debate that. I could have just said something else for the title. But I like them thinking of them as an Oasis because we talk often about how batting average is difficult to get late. And these three guys come at pick 250 or later, and they can give you something in that batting average. So you're like, ooh, I found a little something here, a little drip of water, uh, of batting average water here with Whit Whit Merrifield at pick 250, Brendan Donovan, the aforementioned at 284, and Jeff McNeil at 320. Let's start with Wit. I believe he's a free agent, so we don't he know is. where he's going to he, be. He, in got, that. he opted out of his contract. Okay, so that's going to drive a lot of everything. So let's just talk in general terms right now because we don't know where he's going to be. Let's assume he's a mostly full-time player, right? Like a 75 80% type player. Um, he might not be 100% somewhere, and he could go somewhere where they want to play him every single day. So let's just kind of work in the 75 to 80%. He went 11 and 26 last year on the homers and steals with Toronto, 272 average, and was pretty darn good despite a 93 WRC plus, right? Like that's below average. But he was the 12th ranked uh, second baseman, according to the auction calculator, in five by five, 15 teamers last year. What do you think of Whit Merrifield? Again, I know he needs to go somewhere that's going to let him run, but let's assume that he is going to get to run and be himself for 75 to 80% of the season. Are you interested in him at the ADP of 250? Um, I probably won't draft him until I know for sure where he goes. Um, but if he does end up, like you said, in this in this scenario, he ends up in a place where he's going to play every day and he's on a, um, a team. Hey, maybe like my Giants. Um, yeah, I guess you might let him run and, uh, and play him every day. Like, yeah, I'd be fine with 250. You're going to get 20 plus stolen bases. You know, probably single-digit home runs, depending on what park. Uh, yeah, especially if you went to San Fran. Well, although, where would he play? Because Tyro's got second locked, and then you guys do have Conforto and Yaz in the Tyro corners. can play short. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marco Luciano's penciling in at short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it would be. Put Whit back at second yeah. and and Tyro to short. Okay, go go ahead. That, or, that's just, you're just, just throwing out and, a potential. Or they just mix and match the way that the Giants have been. The way they have been the last yeah, couple well, years, that nobody has a set play position. The outfield. Yeah. You can play, you know, and, and the Giants are another team that are injured all the time anyway. So, like, <laughs> you, know, they'll, you know, it's not like Mitch Haniger staying on the field or Mike Estremski. Hey, so, how dare you? Know. Love those those, guys, it, those health stalwarts like Michael yeah, Conforto. I mean, exactly. we wish them the best. But yeah, so Wit, um, I think I'm with you, though. I, it is just hard to draft somebody like this without knowing exactly where they're going to be because I do think his so landing spot. tied up in Exactly. Yeah, and he's 35, fire. right? Like he yeah. could easily be a backup somewhere where he's playing 60% of the time. I will say, he told a funny story, and I can't remember what podcast it was, 
um, about Danny Duffy tricking a rookie um, when they went to Canada. Oh, God, uh, what did he tell him? Um, uh, God, uh, he, he told them that uh, they didn't shake hands um, in Canada when you greet someone that they saluted each other. No. Uh, That's and so funny. He, he told them the name of their currency was uh, Canada dough. <laughs> I mean, it's called loonies and toonies. It's not that different. Mm-hmm. It's not so, that it was, different. It was a very, very funny story. Uh, apparently, Danny Duffy is a uh, huge prankster and, and hilarious. That sounds fun. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Uh, I want, I want that story. So if you find that, I want to hear that because I'll, that I'll sounds that sounds great. Duffy's somebody I always root for, and to find out that he he seems like a fun dude, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's great that he tricked tricked some rookie into being saluting and Canada Canada is Canada That's so funny. That's so funny <laughs> to me. All right, move, moving back over to Brendan Donovan. I did briefly mention when we were talking Gorman. Things were coming together last year, and then he got hurt. I, I think the the breakout was upon us. The power breakout that we had seen in spring that people were drafting him for, he still had it, even though he only played 95 games. He hit 11 homers, which was more than two times what he put up in 126 games the year before with five. So the power breakout was upon us, and things were back in order. He had started slowly, but he got the batting average back on track. I remember because somebody cut him in my league. I picked him up. Things were going brilliantly, and then he got hurt. So he winds up with 11 homers, five steals, in 371 plate appearances with a 284 average. Should Brendan Donovan be higher than 284 uh, ADP? That matches his batting average. That's cute. What do you think? Yes, he should. And um, I think he will be. I think once we start getting news that he is going to be ready for opening day, uh, or or when he's going to be ready, uh, that he's probably going to rise because I don't think that this went unnoticed. Uh, yeah, the bummer of the matter is like he's no longer eligible at seventeen different positions. Yeah, only second so, in outfield, partly because uh, he was limited fine. to ninety-five games. I'll yeah, still take he, it. Yeah, infield. You know, he starts with infield, outfield. He can pick up other eligibilities in season. Uh, he's you know, he spent most of his at-bats, or I think a third of his at-bats, hitting second in this lineup. It's a great lineup to hit second in. Uh, you know, it's not a ton of power, but you're talking low teens, home runs, uh, a boatload of runs scored, multi-positional eligibility. Uh, I, I love Brendan Donovan, but he's also the guy that, like, in every single one of my drafts, there's one person that just snipes me every time. I don't even want to say they love him more because I was one of the highest people on Brendan Donovan last year, but um, he just, I just haven't gotten him yet, and I'm bummed because I know once we get more news, he's probably going to jump up 30 picks. Yeah, I could certainly see that because I agree that Brendan Donovan should be going higher than he is, and I will take advantage of that where I can. Like I said, liked him last year back in this year for sure i'll take the infield outfield i got him in our first gladiator he got yoinked out from under me in so, our second there you go but, but you uh, were the guy you were the i guy. was the guy in the first one yes i was trying to see if it was the first or second there because i knew i had taken him in one of ours but yeah i just uh, i couldn't agree with you more on on what we're saying here with regards to brendan donovan and i'm excited to see what happens with him this year i hope he doesn't go too high but i feel like he could jump i mean for me i wouldn't be against a low 200s pick like if he jumped up 60, 75 picks from 280, uh, 290, I, I'd be okay with that. I'm willing to pay yeah. um, even more over here. So mm-hmm. that's totally fine by me. But uh, don't don't 
raise up the price in my drafts. Leave me alone. Let me just pick yeah. him cheaply. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk Jeff McNeil, who, I mean, it's it's more or less empty batting average, but a lot of that is covered in the cost because now he's down to 320, um, up to 307 in the last month, but 320 over the course of all the DCs. He's also second in outfield. Do you like Mets uh, second base outfielder Jeff McNeil at all? I haven't in the past, but... Uh, but this price feels too good to pass up. And he um, did go 10-10 last year. Credit where it's due, a nice little double-double there. I don't but, I don't um, know how I can say I like Brendan Donovan and then turn around and, and be not, like, I hate Jeff McNeil at a 320 price. Like that's, that's the thing. It's if just, you like Donovan, how, how can you not like uh, McNeil 50-plus picks later? We're talking about a guy that is a season removed from hitting 326. Like, yeah. Don't draft Luis Arise. Just wait and draft, you know, Jeff. 100% agree with that. Yeah, like just, 100% agree with uh, that. Yes. No, I don't think the Mets are going to be very good. So McNeil hitting the top of that lineup probably isn't going to be super interesting, but it's still a, a fair amount of runs, you know, scored, you know, got 75 last year, you know, double double in terms of, you know, 10 home runs, 10 stolen bases. Um, you know, was able to stay healthy, you know, to be second straight season where he's gotten over 145 games played. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and he's another guy who he's starting second base outfield, but if he's eligible for positions by the end of the season, I'm not gonna be surprised. Yeah. I actually think the Mets are going to be sneaking decent now that they're not going to have any expectation. Right. As I go, go the other way of like expectations on them. So rough after Senga. Yeah. Well, if they yeah. land Yamamoto, then I well, might. all bets are off. Obviously, everyone's yeah. still, but the expectations would come again, and that's so I probably go the other way, mm-hmm. right? It's in a weird way. Yes, the Yamamoto would obviously make them better, but it would probably raise the expectations higher than I would buy. Mm-hmm. But right now, I can buy them as like a fringe wildcard contender. I mean, with everything falling apart last year, they were 75 and 87. They can flip that record next year pretty easily, even without uh, much pitching, like you said, beyond Senga. Quintana's good, but he's 35. Severino's a total wild card at 30. Lucchese, McGill, we don't know if they're going to get Yamamoto. So I hear you on that, but they'll get other guys to fill in if they don't get Yamamoto. Um, Again, I'm not here to cape for them like they're going to be great. I just think that with no expectation, they'll probably be a bit better. Uh, Our price to be, vision is so rough. Like it's that just, is definitely even true. The Marlins I, think, are, I think the Marlins are going to stay. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I think the the Nats, your Nats, I, I always associate them with, because you like, <laughs> yeah. you love Gray and Abrams, Luis Garcia, Mackenzie Keep Gore. Them. Yeah, Kibu. So in my head, they're your Nats. Obviously, I know that's not your favorite team, but I do associate them with you. So your Nats. And I grew I think, up in D.C. I just exactly. grew up the Nationals. That's right. There. You might have been a fan of them had had you know timing been a bit different. Had I not um, lost a bet, I probably would have been a fan of them. <laughs> well, anyway, I think they could be a little bit more interesting next year too, which only makes the Mets road a bit harder if they're not getting free wins in DC. Uh, let's talk about a couple speed guys coming late. Ahmed Rosario at three thirty four and Bryce Terang at three thirty nine. A couple different guys here. You got uh, you got the one guy who is unsigned right now, right? Ahmed Rosario is a free agent too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Second and short. And then you got the on the rise youngster in Bryce Terang in Milwaukee. They're similar prices. I know you're going to tell me you need to see where Rosario's going. Let's do the same thing with uh, that we did with Whit Merrifield. Though. Let's assume he goes somewhere where he's going to play about 75, 80% of the time. They're both second and short. Their prices aren't that different. You want Rosario or Terang as your speed guy there late in the draft? I think... 
Oh man, that's that's tough. Um, because I think the greater upside is Rosario, um, and because we've seen it fair. before, right? Exactly. Like, you know, we have seasons on the books for uh, Rosario where he, you know, 2022, you know, hit 283, 11, 18. Um, but 2021 was a, almost a carbon copy. Yeah. Like so I, two and I do think he's going to land somewhere in a full-time role. Like, you know, I think um, so too. I uh, think he's seeking that out. The only real issue um, with Rosario is he is atrocious defensively. Like so bad. bad. He plays second and third or second and short. I put in extreme yeah. quotes if you're not watching on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, he's not good up the middle. I think that's why they dabbled with outfield in was it? Well, they Cleveland? left him off the postseason roster. Yeah. Like, just so bad defensively. And so and like how many teams want a bad defensive player up the middle? Um, could he end up becoming a super utility guy? Um which then you're like, oh no, can he get the 500 plate appearances? Uh, I guess that, it would depend on the team at that point, right? Yeah, I think if you're drafting right now, um, if you are drafting a 15 teamer right now, I'm gonna take Terang because I, as much as I don't think Terang has like amazing upside, he does have plenty of speed and he's a you know wizard with a glove, and so like I think he is gonna play every day. Um, and I do think there's a world in which the Brewers trade Willie Adamas and Terang moves over to shortstop uh, every day uh, and, and plays there. If you're playing in a 12-team league, give me the upside on Rosario right now uh, and hope that his landing spot is a good one. I think that's fair. Um, I might just pass anyway. Yeah. But looking at it, it's like... Yeah, I think that checks out what you're saying there. Terang's bat is unimpressive. I'm not sure it's going to get better. I think it's better than a 60 WRC plus, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's like a huge breakout coming. But he still stole 26 bases. Yeah, and that's and so yeah. with the guaranteed PT thanks to his glove, that's a pretty huge deal. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do I do like that aspect for Terang, and then yeah, Rosario. It's really going to depend on where he lands, and he's never shown that kind of speed. He's he's been a solid double digit guy for each of the last five full seasons, obviously twenty twenty excluded, but twenty four is his peak, and that was all the way back in eighteen. Whereas, like I said, Terang dropped twenty six just last year. So I think you can go either way with it. I, I do agree with you there, and I do think the uh, the league type can play a role there. And we'll see where Rosario goes, and then we'll reassess him, of course, when he signs somewhere. All right, let's move on. We've got the Young Gambles here. It's a fun group, and it includes your boy, Luis Garcia, by the way. But we got Gavin Lux at 273 ADP, Jordan Westberg in Baltimore at 291, Michael Massey with the Royals at 355, Luis Garcia with the Nats at 369, Miguel Vargas at least currently with the Dodgers at 378, and Geraldo Perdomo with the D-backs at 425. These young gambles here, unfortunately, the most expensive ones, the guy who didn't play last year, I still mm. love him. I cannot quit Gavin I'm, Lux. I, I've already drafted him twice this year. Like, it's Yeah, like, I got him fun. once, and I'm not And the Dodgers done. have already like, kind of committed to him as being like an everyday shortstop there in I think he was going to be so good last year, dude. I think I, – I I can't prove it, obviously, but I do think the breakout was coming. The fact that the Dodgers are going to remain committed to him – 
emboldens my belief there. Um, I love him. I'm still paying 270. I wish there was a bigger discount, but the market yeah. is not quitting him either. Yeah, the, and the market's with us. Yeah. So um, this is probably my favorite tier to shop in. Like it's just all these guys. It's fun tier. Not, I mean, not all these guys, but most of these guys are guys that I've either already drafted or I have no problem drafting. Uh, Lux at the top of that list. I just think there is a massive season down the line. Maybe it's not this year. I'm hoping it is this year because I've like said I've already drafted him two of my three leagues. Um, but uh, I do think that there is a massive season one of these years coming for for Gavin Lux, and I'm hoping it's this year. Mm. No, I think that that's uh, huge upside still, and he's still second out outfielder. Right, he keeps his eligibility from last year. Gavin Lux does. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the market's with us. I still don't think it's a crazy price, of course, but it is the most expensive of this group. And like I said, zero is, games like, played last if, year. If you ignore what the sheet says, it's already up to 257. Oh, wow. Yeah. So from 273. So, like, you so just, yeah, the market really it's, like, just, it's moving up and up and up. What's your cutoff inside the top 200 for Lux? Yeah, probably. I think so too. And I do think that could happen in spring. A good, yeah. a good solid spring. It doesn't even have to be crazy. Just a healthy, solid healthy, spring, and yeah. he's going pick 175. Yep. But hopefully we both have our shares by then, so it wouldn't be so That'd bad. Be Jordan Westberg in Baltimore, right? They've got a similar issue uh, to Cincinnati where they got like too many guys, which is a good problem to have for a real-life team, but can be difficult for fantasy folks to figure out. What do we do with Jordan Westberg? Is he ready to emerge, or do you think he's somebody that's difficult to bet on due to playing time? He had 68 games with them last year. He was a league average bat. Not a bad little showing. Not a ton of hype there. Uh, is Jordan Westberg somebody that's on your target list? Not really. Um like there have been times where like I really needed a second baseman and I'm like, Oh, Jordan Westbrook's still there. And every time I kind of go look at the profile, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I understand why Jordan Westbrook's there. He is just, yeah, I think you described him perfectly by calling him a league average bat. Um, I think that's kind of what he is. I don't yeah. think he is super, super enticing in any particular category. I think at best he is an accumulator. But in order to be an accumulator, you need to have guaranteed playing time every day. And I don't know that he's got that. Like, I just, I don't know what they're going to do in uh, in Baltimore. Um, I think it would almost be better if he was part of a trade for some pitching or something like that. Uh, but yeah. at the way things stand at this moment, uh, I don't care. I think he's too boring um, with questionable playing time. If Jordan Westberg falls closer to his max of 351, does that do anything for you? It's about it's about two rounds, uh, or excuse me, four rounds from his uh, average. So I don't know how often he's falling down there, but if the he were in the is, three... Like, is he any different? Is Jordan Westberg any different than the guys we're about to talk about in terms of Michael Massey and Luis Garcia. Like, no, I don't and know that they're he already is. down like, there. Yeah, they're already down at yeah. 350 permanently. So I think that's fair. I think fair. both of those guys have greater upside. And then you're basically asking, is team context worth 50, 60 picks? Because obviously yeah. Westberg's is better. But we, we isn't good. Like, it, not for probably, a righty. 
probably worst park to hit in baseball, right? Like, is he so, bad right? Yeah, he's a right-hander. So yeah, yeah the park like, is not, we've seen what it's done to Mountcastle. So mm-hmm. I think that's totally fair. Let's move on to Massey and Garcia. Then Massey, we've already been gassing up the Royals a bit. Uh, I was big on Massey last year. Might be a classic spore year early situation, but I'm going back to the well with Massey. I still saw some glimpses of what I wanted there in the second half. 15 homers, six steals, 73 WRC plus, right? It, it, it was a bust. It did not work out. You had cut him long before. You might've gotten back on the train because he was on the waiver wire for quite some time Michael Massey was but again down the stretch I started to see some of those things that had made me interested in spring and I'm going to go back to the 26 year old this year Michael Massey uh, because I still believe he can be solid are you are you bought in on him as at his price of uh, what what I say it was 350 yeah he's been one of my he's been one of my biggest targets uh this season um and I'm I'm pretty excited uh to uh to draft in this year. I think the plate skills are pretty decent. Um, I think they're finally going to let him play every day. And I just think that there is a potential breakout coming. And it's, it's not like a massive breakout where we're like, Oh, he's going to turn. He's not doing 4,100. He's not, no, he's not, no. not going to, not low <laughs> the numbers of the day, 4,100, but like, I think mid twenties home runs, uh, with a decent batting average, Yep. uh, on the table for a guy like Massey uh, is in the cars. And I agree. Uh, and like I said, I think they're going to, they've brought in a lot of people. They have not brought in a second baseman. So un- unless they bring in a second baseman, I think Massey's the dude and uh, I'm all, uh, I'm all about it. Me, me too. Like I said, doubling down from last year. It didn't quite go as I wanted. September was strong. I think he can build on that. And uh, again, I don't think you're paying too much of a price to to try. And if it does flop again, we move on and no harm, no foul. Uh, and we probably don't jump back in, in 2025. But right now, I'm in. Luis Garcia mentioned him earlier when I was talking about your Nats. Pick 369. We still haven't quite seen the breakout, but I think he's like going to turn 17 in a couple of weeks. He's still so <laughs> unbelievably young. He's literally 24 with parts of four seasons under his belt. So, you know, now it's 1,245 plate appearances of just an 85 WRC plus, but that's a lot of experience. Solid plate skills had a colossal improvement in swinging strike rate last year. Cut it damn near in half. Are we ready to see something from Luis Garcia to build on his 9-9 homers and steal season last year? What do you think of the 24-year-old Garcia in Washington? Why do the Nationals hate Luis Garcia? I don't know, man. It's getting to be a mot-like intensity. It is. It is a mot-like intensity. Shout out to the 06010, uh, now the defunct 06010. Um, I just don't understand uh, why they hate him so much. Uh, David Martinez already said he's not guaranteed to have the second base job um, about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, uh, which is just insane to me. Like, he's 24. give Give him the opportunity. Like, I know he's not great defensively, but like he can hit the ball, like and yeah, just I, let you him know, play. he if if he was play if I knew he was playing every day he would probably be one of my more drafted guys, especially in draft champions um, or deeper formats because he is a perfect accumulator. Um, that being said, not knowing if he's going to play every day makes it really hard to draft him. Uh, so especially in draft champions, where it's the place I'd like to draft him the most because if he he got sent down to the minor leagues when he wasn't even doing poorly like he was fine like and so he he got edward oliveris oh he was traded by the way we could have brought that up he's no longer in kc but we still love him yeah good luck in pittsburgh Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Michael McCarthy, uh, I mean, uh, Luis Garcia. I just, I don't know. I don't know what to do with them. I, I mean, I'm taking, I'm taking gambles here and there and stuff because I just don't see anybody else on the roster that's going to supplant him. The problem with the Nationals, if they've got a Rocky type history, uh, where yes. they will bring in guys who are like 40 to play middle Alcides freaking Escobar yeah, middle, and and lead them off. Um, you're like, oh. What did what did the Royals do when they won the World Series? <laughs> they let off LCD's Escobar. That's why they won. Let's just do that. Right, yeah. Success um, will follow. Yeah, that, that's a good call. They they are Rockies East over here with some of the ways they handle guys, and it's frustrating. 369 does protect you a bit on Luis Garcia. If he flops again, that's not killing your season. But I do believe there's some upside. I agree they need to commit to him. Probably somebody I get like a share of as opposed to loading up on let's talk Miguel Vargas we've speculated that he might be involved in a trade just because they did the glass now deal folks doesn't mean they're done if they got a Burns or a Cease we'd be literally zero percent surprised you know Yamamoto's still on the table for them too because again we have to reiterate what what's that I said of course because of course he is yeah yeah and like because Otani doesn't help the pitching and so Glass now alone, Mr. Glass himself, right? Like kind of a fitting last name for his health profile, doesn't fix it. So there's probably another trade in the offing. I still think Cease for like Vargas and Bush or something makes a lot of sense. But let's operate with Vargas in LA right now, fighting for PT, pick 369. Are you still in on Vargas? Because we were both pretty high on him last year and it didn't really come to fruition, unfortunately. Nope. You're out where, now? I mean, where does he play? Yeah, Unless, I know. Until he gets traded. If he gets traded, then... How quickly do you like, turn if he goes to Chicago? If, if that C, my fictional C oh, trade, yeah. if that comes through. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, man, like, let's I, say he goes I, up 120 picks to 250. Would you still draft Miguel Vargas? Uh, Yeah, sure. Why not? Like, I don't I have a problem too. with that. Like, I think... um. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get overly saturated. He wouldn't become my dude or anything like that. Sure. Like... like I just want to see him have an opportunity to play. Like, exactly. No, he, I think he can at worst be a league average bat. And I think more, I do still think that he is just a better real life player than a fantasy guy. Like, I don't think that's fair. Good power. on base guy. He's great yeah. on base guy. I think he can make good contact. He's got a little bit of sneaky speed, uh, but ultimately like, I don't know that he's good enough defensively. And I don't know that he is, you know, going to, power things out unless he ended up in Cincinnati. That'd be perfect for Cincinnati. Just complicate things further. Uh, <laughs> Get Miguel Vargas. I swear yeah. to God, if they do, I'll freak out. Um, um, remember when spring, when he was so hurt that he couldn't swing the bat and he was still drawing walks? That tells you how yeah. hard it is to just throw pitches in the zone, by the way. We'll just throw it in the zone. It's not that yeah. hard when you're trying to throw as hard as you can. Yeah. You know, uh, but he literally was instructed to not swing. And I believe he drew a handful of walks yeah. mm-hmm. in spring training. So, yeah, I like Miguel Vargas. I agree with you on the real life over uh, fantasy right I will, now. I won't if, draft him until we see a move. Yeah. Because uh, there is a world in which the Dodgers go, no, he's a great bench guy. Like, oh, know, yeah, yeah. Depth. For, I think like, Michael, we, we need depth, too. You know, they, they can say that. Like, I think Michael absolutely. Bush has to be traded. Miguel Vargas does not have to be traded. Agreed. Agreed. Um I wouldn't mind him in Milwaukee either. So Burns or Cease deal would open up things from Vargas in a big way. I just want to point that out. I either of the, and neither of those deals are being rumored right now, but I would I would kill for any of them. Henry, you're gonna have to wait, buddy, because I'm the only one here right now. Uh, Geraldo Perdomo, pick 425. I'm gonna let you get started on him, and I'm gonna go run and let the dogs out. 425 feels a bit late. Um, I'm a Geraldo Perdomo 
guy. Maybe I'm a sucker on him. Uh, league average guy after a dreadful 2022, but they committed to him for the full year. So I loved that. They give him another full year. He rewards them with strong plate skills and a league average bat and a great glove. He was an all-star. But is he another better real life than fantasy type guy? Geraldo Perdomo, get us started. I'll be right back. I'm going to let the dogs out. Yeah, I think he is probably a little bit better of a real life guy than he is a fantasy guy. I also think that I think the reason why the ADP is so low is because there's fear that Jordan Lawler is going to take his job, especially now that Eugenio Suarez is in the picture. That's just one extra infielder into the mix that all of a sudden, like, there's a reasonable you know, outcome in which Jordan Lawler is just too good for AAA. And you better not have been bring, talking crap about me. Yeah, I was. I absolutely was. Dang it. Um, okay, go ahead. AAA, Jordan Lawler. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Jordan Lawler is throwing you in the minors after the union of Suarez. But, like, if Lawler just proves to be way better than AAA and that he's major league ready, like, the Diamondbacks want to get back to the World Series. Like, mm -hmm. um, and I don't think Perdomo is special enough to hold back Lawler Disagree. if um, – no, because Perdomo can play multiple positions and be uh, a utility infielder kind of guy. And why can't um, Lawler that, do that then? Because Lawler is the future. Perdomo's twenty four. He's not the future. Why not? He's a switch hitting shortstop who can play the position. Who was just an uh, an all star? What are we talking about? Perdomo's a a dude. I think he's fine. I think he's a dude. I think he's, I think he's a dude. And I mean, I, like I, I love. I, I had Perdomo on like every team last year, or at least every draft champions team, because um, he, because he, you listened he, to me. How dare you? I've been a Perdomo guy hey. for a while, but I got, I, got, I, I, I didn't it dissuade you on somebody like a, like a yeah, Kimbrel. exactly. Well, because he was going like outside the top five hundred picks last year. Like and it's exactly. Like, oh. I think he's going to play every day. Like well, I don't know where he's going to play, but he's going to play every day. And uh, and I want guys at the end of my freaking draft champions leagues that I know are going to get plate appearances. So. It's hard to be a bigger endorsement than getting 500 plate appearances when you're putting up a 60 WRC plus. Yeah. Like it wasn't just that, oh, we don't have anybody else. They believed in their guy mm -hmm. and they wanted to stay committed. It was a 243 BABIP that hurt him. He had a 21% K, 10% walk. This is Perdomo in 2022 I'm talking about. And so they were saying, we're sticking with our guy. We'll see what he can do at age 23. And so, yeah, I, I was with you last year. I loved him. And he rewarded them. I hear you on Lawler, but I'm not going to stay away from Perdomo because of that, because he's picked 425 too. Like, yeah, this no, can't hurt you. No, it's not. So even hurt. if he did get usurped, and I'm I'll, wrong on that, then I'll, I'll eat the L, but I'm going to pay 425 all day for Perdomo. And I know you hate when I say this, but I'm. No, he's I'm, not. He is free in no, non-draft yeah. non champions leagues. I mean, Correct. 450 picks in. In, in, that know, is in, fair. In, you know, thirty round draft. So like, uh, like fourth twenty five. Like, yeah, he's free. Like, he, yeah, you know, he's, he's like literally your last pick, he, and you're not too worried about his it. Job. He turns back into a complete back into a pumpkin. Uh, offensively, like you get rid of him, but he's got a ninety one percent zone contact. Like, mm -hmm. like he's got pretty damn good contact skills. So, um, I think he could be an accumulator, which was what we saw from him kind of last year. And. Yep. Uh, I think he could do that again. Um, so while, you know, I did say some negative things, you missed it because you left. I said, I, I understand out. why he's being drafted that low. Got it. Because of, because of Lawler's creeping. Yeah, potential concerns. But ultimately, 
I think even if let's say he loses the job, let's say Lawler is killing it first month in AAA and comes up and he is the everyday shortstop moving forward uh, because he is the future. That doesn't mean that Perdomo is not going to find his way into the lineup five times a week. Yep. I, I think so too. I think they will be playing we'll give time everybody for days off. You know, we talked about Marte and while he is great, his health record has not yep. been awesome. And so there would be mm -hmm. an avenue there. So yeah, I totally agree with that. I like Perdomo. I'm buying him at that price for sure. Uh, there could be some upside, but even if there's not, you give me a carbon copy of next of last year, I got no issues with that. So we like Geraldo Perdomo. Yeah, I know you're coming up on time here. We got a few guys. Let's let's run through them quickly. Crusty Vets, Brendan Rogers at 380, Jake Cronenworth at 382, and Zach McKinstry is already been around for a bit. So I threw him in here too at 416. You drafted any of these three at those prices in DCs? Uh, probably not. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe McKinstry. Um, I don't know, man. I've been I, a Cronenworth guy. Last year was dreadful, dude. I know, but he's gonna play every day because of the contract. Like, it, like, yeah. How bad does that contract look? Like, <laughs> it looks pretty tough now. And him at first base, like where he just doesn't really yeah, profile. He doesn't profile. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. And I like yeah. Crony. I want I want him to bounce back, but I am and nervous. On I that. like what McKinstry did for me last year. Um, yeah, I was big on him coming into the year. Uh, but I want to find the next Zach McKinstry. I don't want to pay for last year's. That's fair, and but I would counter by saying you're not really paying four sixteen yeah. for a guy who's, who went nine and sixteen isn't much. But I hear you looking for the next one there, get him even cheaper than four sixteen in a DC. Yeah. All right, and I did a little anyone else category with three guys that I had: Davis Schneider at four twelve, Leo Verpagero at four thirty, and Luis Arias at five twenty four. That's actually the one I really want to highlight. He went out to the Mariners uh, from the Red Sox, and I think he's going to play. I don't know why he's going five twenty four. I'm drafting Luis Adias uh, in DC. He's already up to 474 in the last month, but even that is still dirt cheap. Are you with me on Adias, or am I am I out to lunch on that one? Uh, I mean, I could see it the way the lineup's currently constructed. I just wonder, like, are they really going to enter the season with? They got rid of Suarez. I know. Like, I I can't imagine they're entering the season with him and Josh Rojas at second and third base, like. Um, and Ross buddy at well down the and I'm kind of hoping they do give him a chance. But like, Luis Urias has not been good for a little while, and it's now, been some time. And now he's moving to a much harder park to hit in. Um, it's just kind of like empty grossness. Well, to be honest, actually, if we look back at it now, it's it was just last year that was bad. He was actually a 110 WRC plus in 2022, which I didn't realize either. I thought he, he had two hurt. years getting hurt. It's what it was. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And so um, I don't know. I, I like Udias. I, I can't quit him. I think he's somebody that does offer upside. He's still only going to be 27. The magic year. Oh my God, he's going to have an amazing season. But he has good plate skills. A little bit of punch. He's not. It's not a great bat. It's like this is another accumulator bat. But if you're giving him to me at nearly pick 500, 474 in the last month, 524 for the entire DC run. I, I'm in. So I, I kind of like Urias. Uh, what about Pagaro in Pittsburgh or Davis Schneider? Anything on Davis Schneider? Because obviously he was no, the. I think the skills uh, are really, total really fade, bad, right? Man. Yeah, just like complete fade. Like yeah, even uh, like fiftieth pick in DC, I'm barely interested. Yeah, uh, Pagaro's a little bit interesting. Like yeah, I agree. He strikes out a little bit uh, or a lot of pit. Um, I don't think the batting average is ever going to be great. 
but he makes league average zone contact. Uh, there is uh, some pop and some speed in the profile. And I think there's a chance he can get somewhat regular playing time in Pittsburgh. Um, so, I think it's more than a chance. I think he's a starting middle infielder uh, for them. I think, yeah, I definitely. And that's why I like Baguero. I definitely could see a path for that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, especially considering how late, where did you say Baguero's going? Yeah, he's been going in, in the sheet. So for the whole uh, draft champions, it's 430. Yeah. In the last month, month. yeah, he's holding that same area. So 430-something for Piguero, that's nothing. And I think he could be uh, a a different makeup, but the same vibe as what we were saying with Perdomo, an accumulator who can be about a league average bat. The makeup of it might be a little different. But yeah, I like Piguero. Um, Anybody else that you want to mention as you're headed out, Cassandra, you got to go do your chat. You mentioned Josh yeah. Rojas. He's 485. You want to Josh Rojas? I mean, he he played well down the stretch after being traded to Seattle. I think they're mm-hmm. going to reward him with a strong side platoon job at second. He's second and third eligible. Um, uh, Jace uh, Young, a uh, prospect for the Tigers, could be yep. up at some point. I think. What he's picks he at? Uh, six eighteen. Adding um, to the sheet here. Yeah, I, I love his brother, and I'm excited about what Jace could do mm-hmm. for the Tigers. And I agree. And they're they're getting him situated. I think he's getting some third base reps as well because third base is more open. I think he and Colt Keith are going to play some third in effort to maybe have them ready to go at third because their bats are both intriguing for the Tigers. Uh, Last guy I'll mention, um, like this is people are going to laugh at me when I say this, but Fidel Brujan got traded to the Marlins. Yeah. Um, Right now he is not. Uh, penciled in a, a spot but like he could be like a super utility guy for them on a team that has guys that tend to get injured a fair amount um and could use some help defensively up the middle so like um, i'm pulling for him but yeah uh, he's still there's just a, 26 there's a ton of speed in the profile and there's yep. a little bit of pop and he like he's like i think going pick six something six, yeah six twenty-five. Ah, sure. Take a dart throw right there, and um, and you know at six twenty five, and see, uh, you know if if something can pan out. You could get double digit speed from him. I've been a huge yeah. Bruhan guy. Uh, I've definitely soured on that a bit. Aces in Triple A in two hundred seventy six plate appearances. If he, like, why can't he be John Birdie for the Marlins? Exactly. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm not going to quit him despite uh, not really getting much much from him yet. I, I do still have some hope for uh, Vidal Brujan. So good call mm-hmm. out there. All right, that's second base in the books. If there's anybody that we didn't mention that you guys want to give some love to, like an Owen Miller, Thomas Sejaci, Emmanuel Valdez, whomever, put them in the comments. Uh, if I see any comments in there, I can bring them up to J- Justin at the beginning of the next show. But Justin, you got to get your chat going. Yep. So I'll talk to you later. Peace. Take it easy.